This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 445. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, LG has announced it will be exiting the worldwide smartphone market, what we can expect from Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, and Boost Mobile expands its range of Apple refurbished products. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Belkin range of MagSafe products for the iPhone 12. We'll also check out Google's new Nest Hub that can monitor your sleep. And Netgear releases its new 4G LTE router. And we'll answer your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. LG has just announced it will no longer be a part of the worldwide smartphone market. It has announced it's going to exit the category by July 31, 2021. And uh, in doing so, it says it's going to focus its resources on other growth areas like electric vehicles, smart homes, connected devices, AI. It's already a big deal in, uh, in televisions, of course. And appliances, it also has a massive solar industry as well, a big solar business. The manufacturing panels and batteries uh, are very successful in that space. So I think they're going to redirect their resources to those growth areas. Uh, this comes at a time when LG had a mere 3% market share in 2020 of the smartphone market. And you think about the markets are dominated mainly by by four companies. The, the top four companies are Samsung, Apple, Huawei, and Xiaomi. Uh, and between those four companies, they have 63% of the market. So everyone else is, is battling over the remaining 27% there. So uh, it is, well, 37% actually. So it is... Uh, they're, they're battling for the crumbs, basically, because Apple and Samsung, the two dominant brands, Huawei and Xiaomi, obviously enjoying massive support in their home country of China. So a lot of Chinese customers are supporting local brands. That's why Huawei and Xiaomi are doing so well, because just the, when when you live when there's a country of billions of people and they're supporting your brand, uh, that, that counts towards having a decent market share. But in the past, I've always said that LG's phones have been have been really underrated. I've always rated, uh, I've always reviewed their devices, and I say the same thing in all my reviews that they really punch above their weight in terms of features, build quality, design, and they always have uh, features in there that are premium flagship level features uh, and features designed to appeal to content creators. Like they've always got good cameras, good good video uh, recording capabilities, also good audio recording capabilities as well, but they just couldn't crack it. I think the problem early on for LG, and I, I wrote this in my reviews, I said that when whenever LG released a flagship phone, they were competing against Apple and Samsung. 
and and the price was comparable to an iPhone or the latest Galaxy phone from Samsung, and and this this you can read back at my reviews. I said at the time that if a customer had the choice of LG, Apple, or Samsung, they're going to put LG last the whole time because they if they've got twelve hundred dollars to spend on a phone, they're not going to buy an LG phone with that kind of money. They're going to buy an Apple, an iPhone, or or a Samsung phone, and. It was only last year when LG kind of got the message and released the the Velvet phone. I reviewed it on this very show. It's also on Tech Guide, and and this was a really nice device. Five G, great features, upper mid tier device. So priced at eight ninety nine, which I thought was a great decision by them to decide to go for that. The the more the mid tier market, upper mid tier market, rather than competing in the blood sport that's the flagship market. And that phone, I reviewed it. I think I gave it 85% out of it. So it's 8.5 out of 10, which is, that's a good review. And uh, unfortunately, it just couldn't get the support from customers. Customers that didn't really figure LG in the space. Sure, if they're buying a television, LG's way up there. They're, they're, they're doing very well in that brand, in that category same thing for appliances lg dishwashers and washing machines and fridges are doing also really really seriously competitive so they just couldn't make that crossover to the phones i think samsung apple already very well established brands lg just couldn't bring it they they could not compete and even when they they decided to go down to the upper mid-tier again they were out. They were outperformed by Chinese companies like Oppo, Realme, Vivo, TCL, Motorola. Well, Motorola's not a Chinese company, but they, they, those other four are Chinese companies. But there are so many companies competing in that mid-tier as well. Not to mention Samsung. Samsung also has their Galaxy A series. So wherever they turned. Unfortunately, LG just didn't get a lot of customer support. And, and it's if they were a Chinese company, perhaps they might have. But being a South Korean company, they weren't really competing in major markets like China. That, that's why these other companies, Huawei, Xiaomi, Oppo, Realme, they're all, all Chinese companies. That's why they're doing very well in their particular categories. And it's funny because it, it was only in January this year during LG's streamed press conference at the Virtual Consumer Electronics Show, where LG teased a rollable smartphone. You may recall at the very start of their press conference, they had a, a, a person holding a phone and the screen was growing and shrinking. So it was growing to the size of a tablet and then rolling back down to the size of a smartphone. And... That, that was a tease in my eyes, that here's this new, this this phone that they're developing. Uh, obviously, now that product will now probably never see the light of day. We've seen the similar technology. Oppo have a similar phone in the works, as has TCL. So the technology will be seen, just won't be seen under the LG brand. But LG, while they're not producing actual devices, actual smartphones, they're not going to be lost to the mobile space. You've got to remember, they've been around for 20 years and developing mobile-related technologies, including 6G. 
is is part of their roadmap, and they're going to continue to develop that and partner with other companies. Uh, so other core technologies they've also worked on for the past 20 years, they're not just going to throw them away. They're also going to continue down that path. They're just not going to produce any hardware, any devices. And uh, even if you – so if you happen to be an LG customer right now, you may have bought a device – you will still be supported for uh, your support software updates, all in accordance with the contractual obligations, warranty, Australian consumer law. You will be looked after. You're not going to be abandoned. And the, the inventory, inventory will be available until possibly well after June, July. So uh, if you are in the market, there may be some specials. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, an LG device is as good as any other Android device I've reviewed. So if you're thinking of maybe taking advantage of possible run-out prices, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to have a great screen because they do make great OLED screens, so they know what they're doing with displays. It's going to have a good camera. Uh, it's going to have some great features to record and, and, and to be creative, and it's going to have a nice screen, long-life battery, all the things that customers look for. LG have got it, unfortunately, up until now. Customers just weren't weren't supporting them as they have those other brands, but you never know. You may pick up a special. I think the Velvet is a great phone. It's five G. It's under nine hundred bucks. I'd, I'd say maybe in a run out, they may be even cheaper than nine hundred bucks. So keep an eye out for that. But LG have decided they're climbing out of the ring, the smartphone ring. They've thrown in the towel and will no longer be a smartphone manufacturer. They're leaving that to Samsung and Apple and all those other companies, but they will continue in other areas. The areas that they're already successful, televisions, appliances, solar, and will then focus on other growth areas like EVs, smart homes, connected devices, and artificial intelligence. If you'd like to read a little bit more about the LG story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference has once again been announced as an online event. It's one of the first events that has had two years in a row now being cancelled as a result of the COVID pandemic last year being uh, in June was right in the right in the path of the major lockdowns around the world and here we are coming up to a year later and the situation hasn't improved to the point where they can actually hold an in-person event so Apple as I think has got ahead of it and said look for the second year in a row we're going to conduct it as an online event it's going to take place from June 8 to 12. Normally held in San Jose, and I've got to say, one of my favourite Apple events to attend in person, not only do you get to see a great keynote, hear about all the great developments for the latest operating systems, but also you get to meet developers and, and talk to developers who have produced some of your favourite apps, uh, are among the most popular in the world. A lot of Australian developers also attend. It's a, it's a, uh, a very prestigious event for developers to attend in person. They do get a chance to engage with Apple engineers. I know that's one of the main attractions is that not only are they uh, are they in there in person and to get there by the way because there were limited numbers when when it was an on an in person event which hopefully it will be again next year there is actually a lottery that Apple holds to for for developers to uh, buy a ticket because if it was just a free for all they'd, they'd sell 10,000 tickets but there'd only be room for 3,000 developers so what they have to do is enter a lottery 
And if they are successful in the lottery, then they get a chance to buy their ticket and, and attend the event. But in this case, being an online event, that isn't an issue. As many people as they want can now can now hear the keynote. But also, more importantly for developers, they can still engage with Apple Apple engineers, uh, run their code and talk to them and have their online sessions as they as if they were there in person. The the fact that we're not seeing any hardware released at this event is also plays into the online scenario. The online format is suitable because there are no products to touch and feel. It's all about software. Uh, and speaking of the software, what we're looking at is an update to iOS. So we're up to iOS 15. We're also up to iPad OS 15. Mac OS will also be announced. What, what Apple does with Mac OS, they normally name the, the operating system after a Californian landmark, you'll, you'll see in all the names we've had in the past, Big Sur, Yosemite, Mavericks, uh, all, all these are major Californian landmarks. Apple's a company that's uh, headquartered in California, and they like to honour the, the Californian landmarks with a with the name of the Mac OS. I have no idea what it's going to be this year. The current one is Big Sur. So who knows what, what the next one's going to be. We're also expecting to see Watch OS 8. That's going to be the latest. And TVOS will also have an update for Apple TV. Uh, so a lot of speculation about what we might see in, the, in that software. Uh, a, bit, a little early to tell. Normally the rumour mill sort of gets, uh, once we get a bit closer to June, the rumour mill sort of goes into overdrive and we hear all kinds of reports from developers, from uh, various sources, and we can maybe give you a better idea of what to expect in terms of actual features. We, we know what they're going to be called, uh, apart from macOS. We don't know what, that, what landmark that's going to be named after. But if you can count, you know that 15 comes after 14, and 8 comes after 7 in the case of Watch OS. So hopefully we're going to see some pretty amazing features. Personally, for iOS, iPadOS, and macOS, I use all three. And what I've been seeing in the last couple of years is the, the software, the operating systems converging each year towards towards each other. So converging to almost be the same software. I think Mac OS Big Sur is more iOS-like than ever before and vice versa. So I think what Apple's aim is here is that eventually you won't be able to distinguish between iOS and Mac OS. Uh, with Watch OS, that's a, a totally different kettle of fish. I'm hoping that Apple opens up a third-party watch face store. It's one thing in seven years or six years of, of Apple Watch, you can't buy a watch face. You can on, on Android. So if you've got a Samsung watch or other other watches running Android or uh, where their Wear OS, you can buy watch faces. But you can't do that for Apple. I'm surprised you they, they don't haven't opened that store. I'd buy a watch face for a dollar or two dollars, and, and Apple, of course, would clip the ticket. They'd get their 30, 40 percent, whatever it is they charge. I'm really surprised they haven't done that already. Perhaps this year that might be the new feature for Watch OS. Who knows? But June 8 to 12, it'll probably be early morning, June 9, our time, probably 3 a.m. And there'll be the keynote, which will be introduced by Tim Cook. And then Apple will then have their highly produced uh, keynote address, which isn't normally when you're there. It's all happening live on stage. But in the case of their online format, they've got time to produce some a really slick video that, that outlines all the features. 
and uh, will we'll still give us the same level of information that we would receive as if we were there. So we're not missing out in terms of what's announced and, and our the news of what's coming. It's just that we're not there in person rubbing elbows with the world's best developers. Hopefully this time next year, that might be a different story. If you want to find out more about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference 2021, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, the refurbished phone market has really rocketed in the past couple of years because the, well, especially Apple refurbished products seem to have a longer lifespan. An iPhone can have years of life. I still, I talk to people on the radio and I get emails from a lot of my readers and listeners who are still using an iPhone 6 and that's, that's a seven-year-old phone and it's still still powering along. And so, so the market, the longevity of an Apple device and the value of an Apple device seems to have a decent lifespan, seems to have uh, a, an afterlife. So there, there's no, yet normally we hang onto a phone for maybe two years, three years, but then even after that, the iPhone can still work. It's still updatable. Often it's a hand-me-down. I, I know a lot of parents, maybe their child is using their older iPhone, so the, the, the kids inherit, they, they get the hand-me-down. So re- refurbishing or, or you, re- passing on an iPhone is not uncommon. And, and as a result, the refurbished iPhone market has blossomed in the last few years because there's still some value there. And a lot of customers who maybe can't afford a brand new iPhone, like you think about an iPhone 12 is, is like 1200 bucks and, and above. Uh, a lot of customers can't afford that sort of money, but they can afford maybe a phone that's one or two or three years old. Still has the similar design. There's no home button. They've got a uh, decent decent uh, condition, and that that's what that's what's being become very popular. Boost Mobile has jumped all over the refurbished market as well. The that's the the youth focused telco brand. They've released. They've extended their range of affordable refurbished Apple products to include not only iPhone, but now they're going to offer Apple Watch and iPads. In their, in their offering as well. So I think phones are going to be available through Coles supermarkets once again, and it's the sub $200 iPhone 7 that they're going to offer. Uh, that, that's from Coles supermarkets. It comes in its own box. All of the Apple refurbished products sold through Boost Mobile have been through a rigorous 72-point check. They come with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee and a 12-month warranty. So that really gives customers peace of mind that if they do buy a refurbished device, they've got the same warranty and the same protection as if they were buying a brand new iPhone. I think that's what that's what's made this program so successful is that customers have that surety. They have that confidence. They can buy with confidence. Uh, so we're seeing it's no, no surprise that the refurbished market over the last 18 months has increased by more than 150% year on year. Now, Boost Mobile says there are more than a million refurbished devices being sold in Australia each year. And that number set to increase to 1.5 million over the next 12 months. So uh, now they're going to be offering the Apple Watch. They're going to be have uh, the Series Three and Series Four devices, which were when they were released back in 2017. You're talking they were 456 dollars. Boost's price is going to be $249. So if you're after an Apple Watch, you don't want to pay for a brand new one. 
so the Series 3 and Series 4, 249 bucks, And, of course, pairs with iPhone, track your health, your fitness, heart rate, receive your notifications, control your music, all of that right there from your wrist. The refurbished iPads from Boost will now include the iPad 5th and 6th generations, as well as the iPad Air the 1, 2, and 3, and the iPad Mini 4. Also on offer will be the iPad 5 with the 9.7-inch Retina display. That's going to be $469. The iPad also support mobile connectivity, so you're going to get, they'll be have 4G connectivity, and they'll also come with a Boost prepaid SIM. So iPad prices start at $249 and then go up depending on the device, its condition, uh, so you've you got plenty of choices. The iPhone 7. 199 it's going to be available through Coles Supermarkets. Brings the price down from 299 There's a 100 off special if you get in early. Uh, earlier this year, Boost Mobile actually offered the iPhone 8 for as low as 359 bucks, and that also came with an unlocked Boost Mobile uh, SIM as well. This year, the iPhone 7 will come with a $10 Boost Mobile SIM, which runs on the Telstra network. That's Australia's largest network. The iPhone 7, handy device still, 12-megapixel camera, 7-megapixel selfie camera, Touch ID fingerprint reader in the home button, Siri, the whole bit. Uh, ideal for maybe perhaps someone's first iPhone, for maybe for your child, for your grandparent, maybe someone like that, but very affordable. And, of course, backed by the, the warranty and also uh, the 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Boost Mobile, the refurbished iPhones and Apple Watches and iPads. If you want to read more about that, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off our reviews this week, we got our, our hands on the new range from Belkin, the new MagSafe range. Belkin, a supporter of the podcast, have released three new products that take advantage of iPhone 12's brand new feature, and that's MagSafe. Now, what MagSafe offers is wireless charging, but also through the magnets, also holds the device securely in place on your desk, on your bedside table, and even in your car. So the Belkin range, there are three MagSafe products. The MagSafe products are the MagSafe Car Vent Mount Pro, which is $59.95, the Boost Charge Pro 2-in-1 wireless charger with MagSafe, and the Boost Charge Pro MagSafe 3-in-1 wireless charger. That's $219. The the 2-in-1 is $149.95. Now, how MagSafe works, it includes an array of magnets around the charging coil of the iPhone 12. So it not only can connect 
and align perfectly, then that'll guarantee you then you're getting a wireless charge. Now, MagSafe only works with any of the iPhone 12 models. So if you've got an iPhone 11, a 10, it's not going to work. You need the 12, which has the MagSafe feature. The other thing you need to know as well is that MagSafe only works with the with a naked iPhone 12, so no case on it. Or if it's in a case, it needs to be an Apple MagSafe case. If you've got an iPhone 12 and it doesn't have a MagSafe case, it might be in a third-party case, for you to use MagSafe successfully, you need to take off that third-party cover and just use the iPhone 12 on its own to connect. So... Just keep that in mind because people with an iPhone 12, it will only work if the iPhone 12 has no case or if it has a MagSafe case from Apple. So it'll attach magnetically and charge wirelessly. If if you meet those conditions with a third-party case, won't charge and won't stick magnetically. So just keep that in mind. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more third-party MagSafe cases in the future. But in the meantime, Belkin have taken advantage of this this feature. They're one of the the, the first companies out of the gate with these products. And uh, they've, they've actually come up with some really nice devices here. The first one we'll talk about is the MagSafe Car Vent Mount Pro. I've actually got this in my car. The pictures you'll see on Tech Guide is in my Tesla. I've put it into the air conditioning vent. So it sticks securely into the vent. So it's got these prongs that grip the vent. And then the phone, uh, in my case, I've got an iPhone 12 Pro Max, which magnetically attaches either in portrait or landscape mode. So it's as deep or wide. And it securely attaches there. And then you can you can then access the screen, see the screen while you're driving. One thing the vent meant, the vent, it's <laughs> hard to say, the car vent mount pro won't do it won't charge your device this isn't a charger this is just a mount but if you do want to charge your iphone while it's on the mount there is a little uh, cable organizer on the back of the mount that allows you then to route the cable neatly towards your iphone so you can charge it with a cable if you need to but in the case of the two-in-one and the three-in-one products let's talk about the two-in-one first that's 149.95 this has a so the device the two in one has a, a, a circular stand, a space for your AirPods, and a and a uh, a stem with the MagSafe connector on top of that stem, angled nicely. So if it's on your desktop, you can still look at your screen either in portrait or landscape mode. And then when it's connected to power, you place your phone, it magnetically attaches to that to that stand, and then you'll see that it's charging. Then you place your AirPods on the bottom of the stand, so on the stand itself, and you need to either have the AirPods Pro, which have a wireless charging case, or regular AirPods with a wireless case for it to charge wirelessly through the stand. And you're getting a charge of up to 15 watts as well. So it's not slow. You're getting a decent charge there, and it can be used on your bedside table, on your desk, anywhere that you need your phone to be to be charged. And if you still need to look at it, you can have it, as I said, in portrait or landscape mode. It's angled perfectly so you can see it from your desktop, from your bed, wherever you need to be looking at it. Now, if we move up to the three-in-one, the Boost Charge Pro, the three-in-one is for what I call people who have the Apple trifecta. The Apple trifecta is, in this case, the iPhone 12, the AirPods, and Apple Watch. And they're all wirelessly charged on the same device. So it has the same circular base, 
but has a stand with two chargers. So the MagSafe on the left, the Apple Watch on the right. So it can you place your iPhone, and if it's an iPhone 12, it'll attach magnetically and start charging. On the base, you place your AirPods uh, through the case. They'll be wirelessly charged, and your Apple Watch also gets a charge as well. So perfect for the bedside table because if you are in, in the Apple ecosystem here, all of your devices are charging at the same time. So you wake up, all three of your devices are 100% charged. So ideal for a bedside table. It's available in black or white or for your desk or the kitchen or wherever you, wherever you think is handy. The three-in-one is $219.95. The, the two-in-one is $149.95. And the car vent mount charger, oh, not a, sorry, it's not a charger, the car vent mount pro, it's only a mount, $59.95. And again, as I said, Belkin, one of the first companies to release their range of MagSafe products. They're available now. So if you've got an iPhone 12 and you've got a pair of AirPods or whatever else, then these are ideal for you. If you want to check out the pictures and see that, that pricing that I talked about, even watch our video. We did a video about this as well, uh, talking about the Belkin MagSafe range. I unboxed them. You can see them there. Uh, I encourage you to watch our video on YouTube or through our story on Tech Guide. If you want to see that, check it out, techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking about the Google Nest Hub Smart Display. Now, we've, we've talked about this a few weeks ago when it was announced, but we've now had a chance to use it. And in particular, we're going to mainly focus on the sleep part of the monitoring here because this Nest Hub, when it's positioned on your bedside table, can quite accurately monitor your sleep and tell you how long you slept, whether you were snoring, whether you were moving, all these sorts, all this sort of information is gathered just from the sensors that are on board the device. So it's got a seven-inch display, and it it sits on your bedside table. Should be a, a, a about level with your bed. So if your bedside table is level with the surface of your bed, it gives you a much better reading. My actually mine is a little lower than my mattress, so it still picked up all that information. It was telling me uh, how long I'd slept. I could see my the my week of hi, the the whole week of history of my sleeping. Bottom line is I don't get enough sleep. Uh, it tells me how many hours or how many minutes were it, it detected snoring and how long it took me to fall asleep. Uh, so generally gave me a pretty decent. Uh, I was getting decent quality sleep, but it said that I, when when I asked it, I asked it, "Hey, you know what?" I said, "Show me my sleep report." And what I had to do though in the setup, I had to uh, to turn on the uh, the ability for it to share my information just by talking to it. So there's a setting within the Google Home app that uh, that I had to I had to toggle so that I could access that information. So like a privacy thing, and uh, and so once I asked it. There were pages of information that I could go through. So it gave me that night's sleep, basically told me the quality, how many minutes it had, snoring and all this sort of stuff, how many, if there was coughing and all that sort of gear. And it gave me then a, a time, the total time of sleep, time to, it took to fall asleep as well. 
total time of sleep. So the whole the whole thing, I was very surprised with the accuracy of the information. It knows exactly what time you go to bed. knows exactly what time you wake up. It knows how restless you were, whether you were snoring, whether it was maybe your partner snoring, maybe your partner's allowed snoring, maybe that got caught in your sleep report. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm just accepting the fact that it was me doing all the snoring and that it was quite accurate. I do know what time I go to bed and what time I wake up, and, and it, was, it was spot on with, with that accuracy. I'm very surprised how accurate it is, actually. It was for something that just sits on your bedside table and watches and listens. So it's got a sensor to, sen- to sense your movement, but it's also got a sensor that picks up sound. So I'm really surprised that it could detect that level of detail and, and, and give me a quite accurate picture of my sleep for the night. And you can go back and look at your history, as I said, you can look at your whole week of sleep uh, and what you can do. Setting up is really simple, just like you would any other Google Assistant speaker. Uh, you do have to go through the Google Home app connected to your, to your Wi-Fi network, allow those privacy settings. There are actual settings for your sleep and, and all that all, all that information is there. But it gives you really accurate information, like how many, how restless you were. There's like a graph that shows you sleep, snoring, coughing, and light change. So if someone maybe turned the light on or if there was some kind of light change in your room, it will detect that as well. And then you can go back and access that, that sort of information either on the device itself or through your Google Home app. So it's captured and, and sensed, all, all the sleep sensors are in the device itself, the Nest Hub. And then you can go look at the Google Home app and also see that uh, through the app as well. So sleep, you can see your sleep history for the past week or so. You get your sleep report. Uh, and mine generally say, look, you, you didn't get a lot of sleep, but, but with the sleep you had was restful which is kind of me. I, I fall asleep pretty fast uh, and, I, and I, I'm in a pretty – I don't move for the for my six hours that I'm asleep and, and then I'm up and, and, and then I'm wide awake. I don't know. I'm like a battery. Once I'm charged, I'm ready to go. I don't need to be laying around in bed any longer than I have to. And I think Google Home appreciated that. But also, too, what I liked about it was it, it suggested things. It said, look, maybe why don't you try to go to bed an hour earlier? You'll get this much sleep. And there are other routines on the on the device that allows you then to maybe, if you've got smart lights or other devices, you can control the lights from the device. So turn the lights off a bit earlier, uh, or all these other features that are on board to help you get into that sleep phase. Uh, really cool. And it's only 149 bucks. I think this is uh, really well priced. The Google Nest Hub. If you haven't had a smart speaker, this is a smart display. So this has got a seven-inch screen. I should add, on top of all the sleep sensing, you can actually connect. If you've got a subscription to Netflix, Disney Plus, or Stan, and other streaming services, you can watch those services through the Google Nest Hub. You can just ask to watch a show. You can say, show me Bridgerton on Netflix, and it'll go right where you're up to on your seven-inch display. So it's a little TV. It's a little entertainment unit as well, as well as, of course, being able to give you control of all your devices, access to your media, communication as well. So... Everything, all the features you'd expect from a Google smart speaker are here and then some. You've got the sleep sense as well. But you need you need this latest, uh, the second generation Nest Hub to have the sleep sense. Uh, that's the, the main feature that's been added and everything else has been improved. The Google Nest Hub second generation, if you're going to read our complete review, check it out at techguide.com.au.
Netgear has released their new 4G LTE Wi-Fi 6 router. This is the LAX20 is the model number. And we announced this. This was announced in January. So it, it was announced during the virtual CES, but it has now gone on sale. And this is a 4G LTE Wi-Fi 6 router. So... This is ideal for that customer who is maybe they're on a holiday or they've got like a short-term rental. Uh, they're, they're somewhere for a limited time period. So they don't, they don't want to get connect the NBN. They just want to use their 4GE. And this is a router that can spread that 4G LTE to other devices. So instead of having the NBN powering your router, it's 4G powering the router. And it's Wi-Fi 6 as well. So it gives you the speed uh, as well, but without the hassle of having to have a, a, an NBN connection. So if you don't want the NBN or you're in an area where you can't get the NBN or you just are somewhere for a limited time, you might be on a holiday, somewhere short-term rental, so you might be renting for a few months, you don't want to go to the trouble of connecting the NBN, then the Nighthawk 4G LTE Wi-Fi router LAX20 is the model number. This is ideal, and it delivers speeds of up to 1.8 gigabits per second. So you can connect your wireless devices, things like your security cameras, smart lights, baby monitors, smart switches. Uh, there are also five gigabit ports that allow you then to connect devices directly to the product. So you might have a smart TV or a PlayStation or an Xbox, and you want to connect them directly to the router, you can do that. And don't forget, the connectivity is through 4G LTE, so it's compatible with any of the 4G LTE service providers, and 4G can give you pretty solid speeds. In some cases, most cases, you'll be getting speeds in excess of the NBN, so you might be getting even faster speeds over 4G than you would on the NBN. You definitely get faster speeds on 5G, but even 4G is pretty good. You can get speeds up to 200 megabits per second I've seen on 4G, and then some even higher than that. So this is really handy, 499 bucks. the 4G LTE Wi-Fi router, LAX20 is the model number. So uh, if, you're, if you need to stay connected, don't want to know about the NBN or can't access the NBN or don't need to access the NBN, this could be the answer for you. If you want to read more about it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our friends at Belkin. Earlier today, we spoke about the Belkin MagSafe range of products, but the, they also sell cables and batteries and all kinds of handy accessories. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash AU. A couple of quick hits on the help desk. First of all, there's a there's a, a scam going, doing the rounds, all about the COVID-19 vaccine. We thought we'd give you a bit of a heads up here on the help desk that this is around. So if you're getting SMSs or emails, possibly even phone calls that are telling you here, get your free vaccination, make your booking here. Be very, very careful. The ACCC, that's the Australian Communications and Media Authority, they've issued a warning, it's getting so bad, about calls, SMSs and emails that are taking advantage of the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. So be very, very careful. There's some tips that Norton LifeLock has provided. Uh, our good mate Mark Gorry, who's their senior director at Norton LifeLock, suggests that there are a few things we can do to stay safe. One, keep your VPN turned on because uh, if you're an, on an unencrypted connection, that's the advantage of having a VPN. It's your private tunnel into the internet. So if a v- VPN helps ensure that the data you transfer to and from your account is encrypted and unreadable, that's the one of the main one of the main uses of a VPN. Just beware of these COVID-19 themed phishing emails. Cyber criminals will always tap into the latest news and, and other things that are causing fear and anxiety and curiosity among people. So you receiving an email regarding a free COVID-19 vaccination or fast track your vaccination, be very, very careful. Don't click on any links. Don't volunteer any information. Just be really careful. Don't open any attachments on emails from unknown sources. And also back up your files regularly too. That, that gives you extra protection in case there's a cybersecurity attack. So if you've got a, a backup of all your files, and one of the most common attacks is ransomware. So a cyber criminal gets into your system, locks up your computer, locks up your files, and demands money to unlock it. If you've got a backup, you can tell them where to go and then just reformat your computer, put the backup back on, problem solved. So backup, very important. The other thing we want to I want to touch on quickly too, I had a really interesting email from a reader asking that they couldn't make their mind up between an iPad or a MacBook Air. And what I suggested, I think, look, what you really need to do to make this decision is to, to see to think about how you're going to use the device. Are you just a simple browser, checking emails, browsing the web, or just using apps? Then maybe an iPad is enough. You can buy a keyboard if you want to maybe uh, type out a few things, maybe write some emails. That, that, that will suffice. If you're someone who's going to maybe be editing photos and creating documents and maybe doing a little bit more, sure, an iPad Pro can do that, but a MacBook Air... Uh, with a keyboard and doesn't have a touch screen, of course, that's the big difference, that can also handle that as well. So check your workload, check what you're going to do on the device. Because worst thing is if you buy an iPad and think, oh, I really wish I had a, this could do this, could do this. And yes, an iPad's capable, but just doesn't have the same look and feel as a, as a Mac, as a, as a laptop. So I reckon best way to, to, to work out what you're going to buy and how much you're going to spend is to really look at how you're going to use the device. Uh, you don't want to buy like pay way over for a product that you're only going to use a tenth of the features. The, the, that that's, that'd be silly. But really take note of how you're going to use it. That'll make you come to a right decision.
And that is our show for this week. That went really quick. Full-time siren has sounded. Everything we've talked about on the show, of course, you can find at our website, techguide.com.au. And please send us an email, info at techguide.com.au is the address, or easier way, click on the Ask Stephen icon on the Tech Guide website. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that could keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you all for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. (laughs) 